welcome to the AD's office with Alex Larson and Devin Puckus. What's up, sports fans? Welcome to the AD's office. I'm Alex, he's Devin, and office hours are officially open. We are in the lull between the playoffs and the Super Bowl, so we're talking Pro Bowl, and curious who cares less, the fans or the players? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty riveting conversation, and my voice is dripping with sarcasm if you didn't pick up on that, but yeah, it's, it's the saddest Sunday in many months and will be for many more months when we have, like, going on 200 days before our next NFL game. Oof. Thankfully, the NFL offseason does provide some good drama. But the Pro Bowl weekend is not drama. So we're going to spend a little time talking Pro Bowl, but we'll also spend a little time talking all pro. And you'll hear teams talk about or you'll hear fans talk about Pro Bowl guys versus all pro guys and you your all pro selections, your Pro Bowl selections, what those mean. Those are very, very different things. Yeah, very much so. They're both used to determine how good or great or less so an individual player might be. But what it really boils down to is the Pro Bowl is an actual game, or used to be, that NFL players participated in if they were deemed the top athlete at their individual positions. Versus the All-Pro is a team created by media or other players or coaches and the likes to determine, okay, if we were to create a perfect team from this past year, no salary cap, what would that team look like? And so the Pro Bowl in recent years especially has basically become a popularity contest. The fans do get a vote in Pro Bowl selections. It's not exclusively fan vote, but it's enough of a fan vote that teams that do really well and have a lot of national games, looking at you, San Francisco and Kansas City, have a lot of Pro Bowl selections. Yeah, and like you said, the fan voting is a huge piece of that. Now, Pro Bowl selections are determined via votes from three different sections of people. One being the fans, like we mentioned. Another one is a group of coaches. And then the last one is current players. And all of them are allegedly given equal weighting to determine who goes on to that team. Versus the AP All-Pro is determined only by the Associated Press, if you want to talk the legitimate one, with other random news outlets and the NFL Players Association. They make their own lists too, but at the end of the day, when we're talking Hall of Fame, we're talking greatness, Mm -hmm. the AP All-Pro is the list you want to be on as many times as possible. Yeah, generally, the Associated Press is the least biased because they're covering every team. And so there's equal representation, and they're theoretically truly picking the best players. They're watching a proportionate amount of film per team rather than when you have fans who watch whoever's on the national coverage games. The Associated Press covers all of the teams in depth. Right. So when you watch the Pro Bowl, you're going to see a bunch of big names and guys that you really like and probably deserve to be there, often deserve to be there. But on the All-Pro team, you're going to see some names that you probably don't recognize unless you watch basically every NFL game like we do. Maybe the biggest example, uh, just a specific player for this year, Patrick Mahomes was 
the Pro Bowl quarterback, one of the three Pro Bowl quarterbacks for the AFC. Patrick Mahomes was not a top four all-pro vote-getter because Patrick Mahomes was not incredible this year. You know, hindsight being 2020, maybe he should have been the MVP this year in the long run because we've seen that he's carried his team to a Super Bowl despite not being amazing and not having the all-star cast that we're used to him seeing. But votes for that are due after the regular season ends. Don't include postseason. So I guess the short version, Pro Bowl is a little more popularity contest. It's cool. It matters for sure. Like, if you're a Pro Bowl player, you're doing enough to get get noticed. You're getting yes. recognition. Yep. The other thing with the Pro Bowl, players can opt out. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes and all of the 49ers players who were Pro Bowl selections, they are not playing. They did not play in the Pro Bowl because they're preparing for the Super Bowl. Right. You can also opt out if you have nagging injuries from the season that you want to take care of. You're rehabbing. You can opt out if you're taking a family vacation. You can opt out if you are in between contracts and don't want to jeopardize your health. You know, if you were to tear an ACL at the Pro Bowl and not be able to get a contract with your team next season, there are a lot of reasons to opt out, partly because there's nothing on the line with the Pro Bowl. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. There was a time, you mentioned, there was a time when it was a real game. And it was a real game. Like, dudes were out there headhunting. Sean Taylor. Man. And if you go back and look at clips, I mean, even the guys who get, theoretically, get the preferential treatment, like the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's, they'd get decked in the Pro Bowl. It it was just a another game. It was another game, theoretically, with better players. And it was full pads, full tackle, you know, we've got our own jerseys, but you wear your normal helmet so we can still distinguish you as, hey, you're a member of the Detroit Lions or the Minnesota Vikings or whomever. Um, But these days we now have different events. You know, there's a dodgeball game that's fun to watch a little bit of and there's tug of war and things like that. But when it comes to the air quote pro bowl game, it's flag football now, literally. And the NFL actually stopped calling it the Pro Bowl, and they turned it into the Pro Bowl Games. And it's a three-day event, four-day event? Uh, something. Who cares? How many minutes, minutes, not hours, how many minutes of live Pro Bowl coverage did you watch? Live? Because mine's zero. zero. Yeah, live is zero. <laughs> so for two pretty diehard football fans to watch zero live Pro Bowl coverage, I think says something it's Uh, just not worth it it, it's a built for social media type of thing the highlights yep are great 30 second clips but i mean some of it like they did a a best catch and it was david and joku from the cleveland browns against puka nakua from the los angeles rams and it had absolutely nothing to do with football in joku did his best catch backflipping into a swimming pool and Puka did his best catch while he was wakeboarding at a wake park. Yeah. That's literally news to me. That's not, look at that. That's not football. And it wasn't like spectacular catches either. They, it was both kind of like, well, they didn't drop it, but it's more just like the novelty. And so I don't know. Personally, it's like, what's the point? I did like some of the, 
some of the stuff they do now, like they did a precision passing where quarterbacks stand there and try to hit moving targets for different point values. Uh, and they at, at one point they had a long toss where you literally just chuck it as far as you can. And that kind of stuff where it's it's still football skills on display, I think is kind of fun. Yeah. But then there's also an interesting validity to it. So the precision passing. It was Gardner Minshew, C.J. Stroud, and Tua Tungavailoa for the AFC. NFC had Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith. That Those names alone should tell you that should tell you how this list doesn't I'm not trying to discount those guys but like Baker he was really fun this year. We are known Baker Mayfield fans. We've talked about it several times. Yeah, fun but he's, not top 5. He's not a top 3 NFC quarterback and nope. like you know Gardner Minshew, active fun. backup in the NFL. Like played because someone in front of him got hurt this season and did awesome and we love him and right. he's even a well-known Christ follower and things like that, that matter to this show. He's not a top three quarterback in the AFC. Like, come on. Yep. And there is something with the opt-outs because literally the NFC side, the actual Pro Bowl quarterbacks were supposed to be Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl, Dak Prescott, and Matthew Stafford. All three of them opted out. So we got Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, and Geno Smith. Exactly. So it wasn't actually the top three vote getters, but that's what we get. That's what's on TV. That's who's competing. But then Dan Orlovsky, the former Lions quarterback and ESPN analyst. You may remember him from being the leader of the 0-16 Lions team in 2009. Stepped out of bounds for a safety against the Vikings because Jared Allen was ready to rip his head off. You know, some career lowlights, but as an analyst, A-plus dude. He went out in his analyst attire. He was in a suit, took the jacket off, and decided to throw the ball around. He got a better score on precision passing than any of the quarterbacks. And, Dan, I love you. You're my boy. Dude wasn't an amazing quarterback in the NFL, but he killed it in the precision passing group, which just goes to tell you we we don't put that much validity into the Pro Bowl games. Right. It's not like... There is a it's not like a combine where we're trying to project guys ability and it's not. I don't it's hard because there's nothing on the line. You have all these events like they had. They literally had a closest to the pin event where a group of players went out and golfed and just drove off the tee box and whoever got closest to the pin won. That has nothing to do with football. It's an opportunity to show personality of some players that I think is an interesting move for the NFL. Like you're trying to make these players more relatable. You can do some fun things. You said, you know, there's a dodgeball. They did an AFC versus NFC offense versus defense dodgeball game. And both offenses won against the opposing defenses. They play tic-tac-toe with the kickers kicking through the uprights and trying to hit targets. Stuff like that where it's, you know, just kind of trying to make fun social media content is what it feels like. But again, for what? What's on the line? Yeah, it's it's really nothing. And at the end of the day, you want to be on the Pro Bowl team. I'm sure the players have an absolute blast. Like, I would love to be there. It would be super, super cool. But the team that you really, really want to be on is that first or second team all pro list. That's the one that's going to get your name talked about in goat conversations. That's when you're going to be really, really written into the history books. 
But in a vein of kind of combining the two topics, it's possible you end up on one list and not the other. And if you end up on the all pro list and not the pro bowl list, that's what we call a snub. That is what we call a snub. To be completely clear, pro bowl players are paid just to make sure we cover that. There is something on the line, uh, but it's $44,000 for every player. And then a $44,000 bonus for the winning conference. That's like pennies to most of these guys. To these guys, to me, yeah, I'd love an extra 88 no, I'd, grand. If I could make 88 grand in four days, I would take that job. Yeah, most definitely. 100%. For sure. For sure. I think for a lot of them, it's about the pride of being selected, though. Like, I can speak to just a couple of Lions players. The Lions had multiple players in the Pro Bowl this year. Good Not team. super national coverage. Exactly. Not super shocking because they had multiple nationally televised games and they made it all the way to the NFC Championship. Yep. Voting was closed at that point in time, but they were obviously on people's radar. One of those players was Amon Ross St. Brown, who, you guessed it, he made that first team all pro. That means that he was considered a top three receiver in the NFL, AFC or NFC this year. Top three overall. He was the first alternate, which means that he was considered wide receiver six in the NFC, according to Pro Bowl votes. Yeah, he was pissed off about that. He had pride. He wanted to be in the game. And I'm sure that a lot of these guys get bonuses just to make the Pro Bowl from their normal Mm -hmm. contracts. Yeah, a lot of teams will work that in. It's like if you're good enough to get national attention and get some fan vote, we'll pay you a little bit more. That. So there is something on the line for those guys, but does it really offset the risk of getting injured when it's like not really your job? No. And I think that's why so many guys opt out like Matthew Stafford, for example, we know that he had some lingering injuries. He opted out. We know that guys are going to opt out to play in the Super Bowl. Obviously like automatically all of both Super Bowl teams are opted out. It's not even a question. You don't really, even get the option to play in the Pro Bowl at that point in time. But I think there's a lot to be said about the pride aspect, like watching Saint go through and talk about it on social media after the fact. Dude was pissed off. And there was another one. The the two most consensus Pro Bowl snubs were Amon Ross St. Brown, as I already noted, and the other one was largely Antoine Winfield Jr., the starting safety for the Buccaneers. Both of those guys were respectively top two or three at their positions. Like that's why both of them ended up on the first team all pro list because they were top two or top three at their positions. And like, let's run through a couple of his stats real quick. Antoine Winfield as a safety, meaning you are the around the ball, the least maybe like, like you are not around the ball super often. He had 117 tackles. It's pretty good. Pretty pretty freaking good. And then he had five forced fumbles, four of which he recovered. He had five sacks. As a safety, he hit the quarterback five times while the ball was still in their hand. He had three interceptions, 12 pass breakups, and beating a dead horse here, first team all pro. Yep. Sir, similarly, St. Brown. 1,500 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. Dudes, why weren't they on the original Pro Bowl lists? Right. 
And it's interesting because like both awards technically are not supposed to be legacy. It is just this season. What have you done for me lately? So that's where Mahomes gets a Pro Bowl vote because of the the name. I guess the hype around his name for the last yeah. several years, which he's earned absolutely. This year he was not a top three quarterback. He just wasn't. Right. Would he still be if you had to rank all quarterbacks the number one quarterback as the yes yeah no absolutely you're taking Mahomes For going sure. forward down year or not because even on a down year he's probably top five like at worst yeah. he's probably top five but the All Pro tends to be much more reflective of this season the Associated Press writers do a better job of filtering out the names and the hype and they just look at this season who really deserved it. And I also think it's interesting, the NFL Players Association, so the the union of players, they also have an all-pro voting. They only pick one starting roster, and it's exclusively voted on by players, and they can only vote for their position or their direct opponent. So, like, a center can only vote on centers, and interior defensive linemen and in inside linebackers. They can only vote on the guys that they actually know what makes them good. You know, a receiver can only vote on receivers and defensive backs. Things like that, where a quarterback's going to vote for quarterbacks and linebackers. You really just study your part of the game. There is a little more, I, th- I think you're, you're right, there's a little more hype on the Players Association, all pros versus the Associated Press, all pros. But both of those I give a lot more weight to than the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. And with that, I do want to give a shout-out to two players from our respective favorite teams that didn't make their All-Pro list that I thought could have been candidates. Um, The first one being, for my Detroit Lions, Frank Ragnow was a second-team All-Pro, so he was considered the number two center in the NFL this season. I was kind of surprised by that. I thought that he would be first-team with his teammates, Panay Sewell, who was, by PFF grade, the number one offensive lineman in the NFL, and and Amon Ross St. Brown that we've already talked about. I thought Frank would get a first team as well. And he's a Minnesota native for our Minnesota kinda, listeners. Yeah. And I kind of did too. I, Cause Kelsey, Jason Kelsey was the first team, all pro center and not that Kelsey didn't have a great year. He was, I mean, he was excellent as expected. I kind of thought what Ragnow did was more impressive. I mean, and one of the biggest things with offensive linemen is I think is penalties. He only had, Ragnow, only had three penalties all season. That's crazy. Yeah, compared to Kelsey's six, he had twice as many. So I was I was pretty shocked at that one. Um, the other one is TJ Hawkinson from my Detroit Lions to your Minnesota Vikings. Yep. I thought he would be second team, you know, and he didn't end up making either. Um, I believe the second team was Lions rookie sensation tight end sam laporta yep i i thought hawk was going to make the second team over laporta i mean he was number one in yards for tight ends despite missing two games or maybe he was number two in yards but yeah i was i was pretty surprised well and on the flip side i kind of i kind of thought laporta would edge out hawk so i'm not shocked by how it went down 
I do think tight end is a really interesting one, I think, across the board because you had the Pro Bowl of Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, and that's who ended up getting Kittle got the All-Pro and Kelsey got the Players Players Association All-Pro. I'm not sure Kelsey deserved that. Kittle, I think, did. Kittle, but part of that is, you know, the Niners are really good, and that does affect things. When a team is really good, it makes individual guys look even better. Kelsey had a down year. We we talked about, like, in the playoffs, he's turned it on. He's everything they needed him to be. Right. For the last, like, five games of the season, he was very average. Yeah, very much so. And versus guys like Laporta, who were balling out. Yeah, and I. You know, Kittle had a phenomenal year. He did end up leading the league in yards for tight ends, but he had three over three hundred of his yards come in. You know, three games. It it wasn't as consistent for him as it was for either T.J. Hawkinson or Sam Laporta. So that not that consistency necessarily matters too much in this. Like we're looking at one season. You know, if you had a game with a thousand yards and fifteen other games with zero yards, you're gonna make the pro bowl and the all pro and whatever. Um, not that that would literally ever happen. It wouldn't, but you know what I mean? And it, so I was a little bit surprised that Kittle was the number one. I, I thought that Hawkinson deserved at least one. Now, to be fair, he wasn't eligible for the pro bowl because of his injury with week 15, but yeah, it was, but he was still eligible for all pro. Right there. I don't know. I, I think it's a five game, Margin, if you miss five games, you're not eligible for All-Pro. As far as the NFL Players Association list goes. So, and I don't I don't think the AP, the Associated Press All-Pro, even has an injury. No, they do Te- not. Not technically. Right. Um, it's a judgment call. So, you I mean, you look at, well, a guy like Tyreek Hill, who had an injury in the middle of the season, threw off his numbers, but it was pretty clear he was the best wide receiver up until that point. And he did get back to that by the end of the season. Right. He was the number one wide receiver by both Players Association and Associated Press All-Pro. He also made the Pro Bowl, but part of that is because he's a big name. That is true. So it, it's, I think you got to take it with a grain of salt. I think the All-Pros generally get it right, but there are some interesting differences in All-Pro and Pro Bowl where I think you either start to see rookies getting attention that they maybe don't get at the popularity level. And then on the flip side, kind of on the other side of that bell curve where guys are clearly declining, but they still make pro bowls because of popularity, because they were a big name because we've loved them for, you know, five, 10 years. But the associated press goes, yeah, okay. But they're, they weren't actually like good this year. Yeah. A little bit of that this year was like, Sauce Gardner, for example, phenomenal rookie last year. Again, phenomenal this year. Very, very good uh, cornerback for the New York Jets. He made the Pro Bowl, but Legereus Sneed didn't for the Chiefs, and Legereus Sneed was a first-team All-Pro. You know, like, so there's a few guys that got swamped, or Legereus may have been a second team, but he was an All-Pro that didn't make the Pro Bowl, and that's... Annoying yeah. for those guys, I'm sure. Yeah, and there's also like weird restrictions because we talked about Antoine Winfield was a Pro Bowl snub, 
he was technically second team all pro for safety behind Kyle Hamilton from the Ravens. Hamilton was the pro bowler and the pro bowl is going to limit the number of players they can get there. But you also had guys who were making the pro bowl that I think we all agree, like Justin Simmons, Denzel Ward, uh, Jalen Ramsey, even like not bad players, but they were not better than Antoine Winfield jr. No. And I'd go as far as to say they're all great players. They're incredible players who have had awesome careers and will continue to do so in all likelihood. But the awards are for this year. Bingo. So that's, well, okay. So as part of it though, specifically Antoine Winfield jr. You're playing for Tampa Bay and a Tampa Bay was not very good playing in a not very good division. B Baker Mayfield was all of the media attention in Tampa. Yeah. If if we're going to talk about Tampa because they weren't good, so right. if we're going to give them five minutes of media coverage, it's going to be four minutes and fifty eight seconds of Baker Mayfield. Right, and you know we're going to highlight. Oh, they won a playoff game, and oh, you know they made it to the divisional round, and Baker Renaissance, and all these things. But you know, I'm sure Antoine would like some of that spotlight. He's earned it. He's about to earn a payday. Yeah, yeah, and. Some people are speculating coming back to his hometown, Minnesota Vikings, too. But we'll talk yes, about please. that in a couple months. <laughs> yeah, yes, please. Yes, <laughs> please. Could bring out the uh, Winfield jerseys that a lot of our parents have in the closet. I don't know if there's any other, like, clear snubs. There are definitely some interesting discrepancies. I think Christian McCaffrey is the all pro and pro bowl he's got he's the big name but he's also yep clearly really good one that was interesting for you as a lions fan uh jameer gibbs made the pro bowl as an alternate because mccaffrey obviously has a super bowl to prep for yep he was not in the all pro top five no and i think that that's i don't know what ranking of an alternate he was but he wasn't the first alternate so there were multiple people who had to say no before jaw got a chance and i think that that's right i don't think that he was a top two or three running back in the nfl over the course of the season do i think that moving forward we're talking about best ability and things like that i'm gonna be honest i think he's probably number three there's not many guys who are looking to be better him in the upcoming future and if i want to be super homery about it then (laughs) he had a considerably better season than Bijan and it wasn't close. I'm going to give a little bit, a little bit of that to uh, Arthur Smith versus Dan Campbell. Well, and that's going to be the argument for years to come as these two first round running backs are going to be compared to each other for their careers. I would say there's a direct, you know, counter to that and saying, yeah, Bijan didn't get any carries in the red zone, but, Okay, Jameer was splitting carries with David Montgomery, who got over 90% of their red zone carries, and he still had 11 touchdowns. So, Bijan, why couldn't you score from 20 yards out? That's true. (laughs) Um, Because the Falcons were not good. That's the the bottom line on that one, I think. (laughs) There were some others that, you know, are interesting, but there's also some clear, like, we all knew Tyreek Hill had a great season. Tyreek was a, was a Pro Bowl player. He was first-team All-Pro, first-team NFLPA All-Pro. Yep. Steedy Lamb had a great year. 
toward the end of the season, we were talking maybe sneaks into the Offensive Player of the Year conversation. CeeDee Lamb was the number one receiver for the Pro Bowl. He was the first team All-Pro and Players Association All-Pro. Like some of it, we just, they it's easy. Right. And there's also some, if you're a fullback, if you love a fullback, uh, Kyle Juszczyk for the 49ers was the first team All-Pro and first team Players Association All-Pro and the top vote getter in the NFC. Uh, there just aren't a lot of fullbacks out there. He might sneak in as like the most all pros in NFL history because he's going to be on the 49ers for a decade and he's going to be the first team all pro for all 10 of those years. And most teams don't have fullbacks. So exactly. He just by default in many ways. Don't get me wrong. He is. He's great. He's super good. He also doesn't have a ton of competition. So you're right. Like he's going to get all pro nods. All he has to do is basically be better than Pat Ricard in Baltimore. In many ways, yeah. And, like, how many teams use a tight end as their fullback and a linebacker as their fullback and, yep. you know, things like that. It's like Nick Ballore was, I believe, the second team All-Pro. He is a converted linebacker. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of the way that that position goes these days. Pretty much. I also think there's some interesting, if you just kind of glance through the rosters, the Dallas Cowboys had multiple linemen that were – First team All Pro, and you should theoretically have a good running game if you have multiple linemen who are the best at their position in the league. And the Dallas Cowboys running game was not good. It it was not good. No, this is. I had a few issues with the NFL Players Association version of the All Pro list, and. To a certain extent, I really like that they added all these different criteria and things like that. Like, you can't vote for your own Mm -hmm. teammates because, you know, we want to remove some bias and things like that. There wasn't a player on the Cowboys' offensive line that was as good as a player on the Lions' nor Eagles' offensive lines. Yeah. With I'd maybe, with the exception of Zach Martin, I think Zach Martin might genuinely be the best right guard in football okay but, uh, sure but that's it he's the only like one that one. i think is actually the all pro from that because um, the players association gave tyler smith the left guard and i think they also had some of in like second team on the associated press that they had some they had more offensive linemen there like um is it really just because it's america's team but haven't we established that they are just so not yeah. Well, this is branding, not reality. <laughs> hey, that's good PR. That's what that is. It was in the 90s. If you can sell the same tickets from the 90s now with inflation, good for you. Good, good for you, Jerry you. Jones. Tickets good for you. Show. Defensive end, we talked about all year. It was kind of the Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, but we also you know, had Max Crosby. We had Aiden Hutchinson kind of sneak his name in there. We talked about Daniel Hunter. He wasn't really in the conversation for the best, but that was an interesting one. And Hutchinson really wasn't either. We we had Micah Parsons, we had TJ Watt, we had Miles Garrett, and it was really a three man show. Yep. And it's it was interesting to me. There's also a, a weird discrepancy in how players are identified that sometimes throws some of this off. So the Pro Bowl had uh, Miles Garrett and Max Crosby were the defensive end, the edge rushers. 
but then they had TJ Watt as a linebacker, which technically I think TJ Watt is a linebacker. The Associated Press lists TJ Watt as an edge rusher. Yeah. So it it changes it a little bit. Um, bottom line, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, TJ Watt, they were all Pro Bowlers. They were all first team All Pro guys. And we can even say that Nick Bosa, he got slighted a little bit. You know, he's it's those are the top like four or five ish guys. Nick Bosa is definitely in that conversation. Heck, I think he won defensive player of the year in 2022, but, and and he made the pro bowl common a little bit off of the hype from that, but not, not an all pro. You're right. But not an all pro this season. So it's like, yeah, we got to really dig into who was the best this year. And while Nick Bosa perennially going to be in that conversation, this season, he didn't do what those other three, four guys did. Yeah. So, And then you also had, you know, your classics where you have Justin Tucker as the Pro Bowl kicker. Justin Tucker was not anywhere near the top of the All-Pro list. So things get a little funny with, I think it's, I mean, not, I'm not saying Tucker is Mahomes, but I mean, like, kind of, you know, he is the top kicker in the nfl by most standards yeah then i believe brandon aubrey the dallas cowboys kicker he got the all pro nod and he had a phenomenal season absolutely deserved it i also think if you're drafting a team with no salary cap consideration you're taking tucker over aubrey yeah and i don't really think it's that close but like you said it's a little bit of the fact that like okay is justin tucker the best kicker in the nfl yes that doesn't necessarily mean he had the best season. We already talked about Nick Bosa. He yep. could be the best edge rusher in the NFL. We talked about Mahomes, and we will talk about Mahomes for the rest of our lives. You know, he is the best quarterback in the NFL, and there's not a debate about that. Was he the best this season? Not necessarily. You know, it's there's always going to be things like that that happen. And maybe he'll go win a ring and then say, hmm, okay, keep your all pros. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that he'd rather have the jewelry than a plaque. Yeah, because I think when it's all said and done, all pros matter. They do. Pro Bowls matter less. Super Bowls probably matter the most in Hall of Fame consideration. It, as far as individual careers go, I'm sure that all pros and Super Bowl appearances and wins are weighted similarly because... At the end of the day, you're winning the Super Bowl because you have a great team. No one's winning it off of one guy alone. Even if that right. guy is Tom Brady, even if that guy's Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, whoever. Yep. You had people who got you there. But Hall of Fame, yeah, you you got you there. And you have a little bit of help. It helps if, you know, you're playing with, you know, Elway and you're Shannon Sharp, but yeah, you you got you there. It was your hard yeah. work that did it. Yeah. Now, if you're a starter on a Super Bowl winning team, you get credit. Mm-hmm. For sure. You, you for sure get credit. If you're the water boy for a Super Bowl winning team, congrats. Like, enjoy the experience. You get a ring. But you're not getting in the water boy Hall of Fame. No, no, probably probably not. If there was such a thing, they'd be- Then Adam Sandler's number one on the list. Hey, Bobby, that's how, that's where this conversation is devolved. The Pro Bowl is just not interesting enough. Okay, let's flip it a teeny bit. 
if you were trying to fix the Pro Bowl, make it matter. Make the make the actual guys show up. How do we make it count? I don't I don't know if there is a fix at this point in time. One of the things that was always going to be interesting as far as basketball goes is they had their, you know, all-star yep. game and the winner of the all-star game, that team's conference, they got the home field advantage for the NBA finals, which is a best of seven series. Yeah. But the beauty in football is that it's winner takes all. You got to be the best that day, any given Sunday, any given Sunday. So you can't do that. Can't do that. You could increase the financial stakes, but I mean, how high would you have to go? The NFL has said 88 grand is a, well, part of it is it doesn't make very much money because here we are not watching it. True. So I don't know how to make it. I think you just turn it into skills competitions where, you know, much, much lower risk of injury. But even then, how do you make it anything more than social media content? Yeah, I don't I don't know if you do. I mean, maybe you add like a level of coaching to it and you give some inside look into what being a coach or being a player is. You know, you get bigger interviews and the interviews are panels and you get to see players interact with like stuff like that will draw a new crowd but that'll get old after two years and i don't know if there's a super big fix other than saying okay if you guys make the pro bowl and you don't play then you we find you yeah you could go that way but i think the players association would be really oh absolutely yeah strongly against that the one thing i think you could make it at least more watchable and you'd get more on the line maybe it's good for the brand you do rookies only it's like the rookie games that would be cool and so you take the the top rookies because for a rookie 88 grand does matter for sure i mean most of these rookies are you know 19 20 years old but a lot of these like third fourth fifth round guys you're making a couple hundred grand which is awesome and there's no guarantee that you're going to be on a roster next year right that's not enough money to retire on by any stretch. So if you made it the rookie games, I think rookies would try a little harder. Yeah. I think that's kind of, that's a kind of good idea, especially if they're, you know, guys like us who are sitting there saying, and there have been multiple guys over the course of the years who have come out and said, Hey, I want to make the pro bowl, this fun, awesome thing again. Mm-hmm. Guys have come out and said that. But it never comes to anything. It doesn't come to fruition. Right. So maybe that's one way. You could do it during the summer. So it's not like you could in, you could have your Super Bowl winning players in there. That could be kind of neat. Bring some of them in. Or you could do it same weekend in between the season and the Super Bowl and have Super Bowl players do it as part of like their media obligations. It's like, hey, Purdy and Mahomes, you're gonna you're gonna stand side by side and just like carnival style knock cones off of the wall type of thing. But then again, is it just social media yeah. content? It's, yeah. It's just using a maybe bigger name that year to pull people in. There's not really a fix no. for something that we don't want. No, I, I don't think there is. But with that being said. Do we just want to preview our Super Bowl real quick? We can do it. The real football game, last one of the year, 
the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe, technically hosting the San Francisco 49ers at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's a, it's a blast from the past. We've talked about it a couple times already, but we had the same exact Super Bowl matchup a couple years ago. A few brand new faces, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, the two notable ones that maybe swing the tide in favor of the 49ers. And Tyreek Hill is gone, so that'll suck for them. But yeah, it's it's largely the same. And we both took the Chiefs last week. After a week of media, after a week of prep, after a week of watching people get ready, has anything changed for you to change that pick? I mean, it's kind of the same thing as the Ravens game, right? It's like the 49ers are a better team. The 49ers have been picked to win the Super Bowl for literally months. They've had the highest odds since August. They've got the highest odds now. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites, and none of it matters because Patrick Mahomes is on the opposite sideline. Yeah, man. Can you imagine having a guy like that where none of it matters because this guy? And, I mean, it's like we, like you have especially said for years, Patrick Mahomes now gets the Brady treatment. If Brady is playing in a Super Bowl, you don't pick against him. Did people bat a thousand with that? No, he lost three. He won seven. Yeah, I mean, like, you're if you're batting seven forty, I'm, I'd take those odds any day. Oh, for sure. And I think you're right. I think it is similar. The Niners opened as two and a half point favorites. The line moved to Niners by one which is basically nothing. I think part of that is that Vegas learned its lesson a few times. They had the Niners as seven and a half point favorites over Detroit. Was it really ever a question that Detroit was going to cover? No, not really. So now you have Patrick Mahomes losing by a field goal. You really want to have that be your line, Vegas? How much money are you willing to lose? Field goal feels right. It feels like if the Niners win, it feels like winning by a field goal as time expires. Realistic. Or Jake Moody misses his millionth field goal of the season. I don't I don't like to think what would happen to him if that happened. No, I mean, I still think that he was the best kicker in last year's draft, and he's going to pan out and have an awesome career. But as a rookie, he's missed a few this year. If he misses a field goal to lose the Super Bowl in Vegas, of all places, dude's not making it home. There there could be some new holes in the desert. Yeah, that, that could happen. At least he doesn't play for the Raiders. At least he doesn't play for the Raiders. Well, I, I'm not going to change it. I think Mahomes on the biggest stage is the right bet. And if I'm wrong because I bet on... Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. Well, then I'm wrong. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at too. Mahomes and Kelsey, Swifties all around. The actual Swift up in a press box. Um, I'm taking them. Yeah, the real bets that are going to be interesting. Like, will Kelsey retire post game? Will he go on tour with Taylor Swift? 
Will he go on tour with her? That's a question I'll entertain. Will he retire? There's so many questions at this point in the season that are media headlines and I just don't care about. What are we going to do? Say he's going to retire when, like, three weeks ago he said, guys, I'm absolutely not retiring? Come on. And his big brother played two more years. So you really want to let your brother have a longer career? I don't think so. I think he's cooler with at least one more Super Bowl ring. But with that... Let's shut it down. Office hours. We're closing out. He's Alex. I'm Devin. The AD's office is officially closed for the weekend. Thanks for hearing about the Pro Bowl and All-Pro. Make sure you follow along on social media. We will live tweet at the AD's office during the Super Bowl. Maybe some preview running up to it. And as always, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with your friends. Share it with your mom. We're out. See ya. Thanks for joining us in the AD's office. Tune in next week as we take you through our takes on the NFL.